Welcome to Naked Age, a historical audio series exploring uncommon stories and profiling unique people who have gone to extraordinary lengths to live a nude life. I'm your host, Evan Nix. In this episode, we'll meet the irrepressible Andy Tabbitt, an incorrigible joybringer whose lifelong observance of nudism has been public and unashamed. This is Naked Age. California has long had indecent exposure laws prohibiting lewd and sexual public acts. When it came to whether or not simple non-sexual public nudity was illegal, the state has left that choice up to municipalities to decide for themselves. Historically, only a handful of the state's more liberal Bay Area cities chose to leave these prohibitive laws off the books entirely. Two of those cities were San Francisco and Berkeley. While theoretically the law said one could not be arrested for going nude in public, testing that theory in reality was another matter. By and large, the standard convention of going clothed in public went generally untested, at least for the first half of the 20th century. But with the 1960s came a cultural shift that valued personal expression and body freedom, and over the next few decades that legal slack would be tested and tightened by different nonconformists looking to define their freedoms less broadly. It would take several decades, but this societal sea change would eventually be too much for these liberal bastions to bear. In Berkeley, the ban that was eventually implemented was done so largely in response to just one young man. In 1992, Andrew Martinez, a student of UC Berkeley, began attending classes in the nude. This provocative activity drew local fury and national attention. In one final education note, Andrew Martinez, a student at the University of California at Berkeley, decided that American society is sexually repressed, and in an effort to right things, he began attending classes and going everywhere else in the nude, save for a pair of sandals and a backpack. Berkeley being Berkeley, Martinez's attempted shock tactic soon became old news among his fellow students, to whom he was simply the naked guy. The university apparently didn't appreciate the spotlight, and in response to Andrew's publicity, they instituted a dress code and suspended him for violating it. When he later showed up to his disciplinary hearing naked, he was expelled outright. Being expelled kept him from attending class, but it did not stop him from going nude in public around Berkeley. He was first arrested for public nudity in 1993, but since there was no city ordinance he was in violation of, he fought the charges in one. This prompted the Berkeley City Council to take up an argument over the merits of a public nudity ban. True to form, 
Martinez and several friends arrived nude in protest. The move was ineffective. Berkeley passed the nudity ban, and Andrew Martinez became the first person to be arrested under the new ordinance. While the San Francisco Parks Department prohibited nudity in the parks since the 60s, there was nothing in the municipal code against non-sexual nudity on public streets. This was first effectively tested at certain public events like parades and marathons. But over time, people became more brazen with public nudity, and by the early 2000s, in some neighborhoods, it was not uncommon to see people openly walking nude down the street. This was particularly prevalent in the Castro District, Incrementally, one public plaza in the Castro called the Jane Warner Plaza became the epicenter for open public nudity. Eventually, it became too much for one ambitious San Franciscan. In 2011, then-City Supervisor Scott Weiner began introducing small pieces of legislation aimed at restricting public nudity, claiming that the nudity in the Castro had become extreme. It all culminated with the Board of Supervisors officially passing a legislative ban on public nudity, one that became known as the Wiener Bill, in November 2012. In essence, the ordinance made it illegal to expose one's quote-unquote private parts on city streets, parklets, plazas, or on public transport. If a person violates this law, the police must give them five minutes to get dressed. Failure to comply could result in ticketing or arrest, and repeat infractions could be punishable by up to one year in prison. These new laws were naturally controversial in a city that cherished expression, and they resulted in activism and arrests, as well as significant national media attention. Unlike in Berkeley, San Francisco had a motivated and somewhat organized resistance to this legislation. A few vocal activists became the figureheads of this resistance. Notably, folks like Gypsy Taub, a crusader who drew media attention for her public stunts, such as getting married nude on the steps of City Hall, an act for which she was arrested in 2013. Meanwhile, one somewhat more humble San Francisco nudist, in a nudist career that spans more than five decades, has built a reputation for himself as one of the San Francisco naked guys. His name is Andy Tabbitt. Andy Tabbitt has lived his whole adult life as an urban nudist, practicing nudism in many less conventional ways than merely frequenting nudist clubs or beaches. He's been nude in public countless times as an actor, a model, or simply as a human. And in that time, he's collected a myriad of remarkable stories. And recently, Andy was kind enough to share some of those stories with me. How many times would you say you've been photographed nude? Oh, <laughs> literally countless times. I did a lot of nude modeling um, when I was young in my 20s and 30s and 40s. Um, I'm now in my late 60s. But now that I have begun appearing nude in public, meaning really public, like uh, the streets of San Francisco, and especially now that everyone has a camera with them all the time, um, I have no idea how, how many times I've been photographed. I often stumble upon a photo of myself or have somebody send me one that I didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. 
So when you started modeling, it was doing primarily sort of editorial types of photographs or... Well, I was a, um, I was a teenaged actor and um, I didn't work that much as an actor. I was a little too ethnic looking in that era, the 1960s. Um, I'm Jewish and um, they wanted blonde, snub-nosed, wonder-bred kids. So I tended to get the, <laughs> the jobs that were the kid you didn't want your kid to be. I would be wasted on the floor of a phone booth or me and a girl sharing a soda out of a straw. And it says, the people spreading the gonorrhea epidemic probably don't even know they have it. <laughs> so I did, uh, I, did, I did a lot, but that's the way my career began. Um, later, I did a little bit of fashion. Then I really got into quite a lot of nude work. I'm the youngest of three children, and I, judging from both photos and from what I've been told, I was always nude. And I think for a long time that was just chalked up to me being the youngest. Everybody I know who has a toddler is like, oh, my kid is a nudist, you'd get along great. Well, yeah. but then at some point, they get that stomped out of them. And I had a harder time with that. It did sink in and I did go with it. But I, um, you know, I, I did feel like it was something that was being beaten out of me. The ramifications of the dead. My first real memories of nudity are um, in... The, probably about 1959, 1960, we were living in Los Angeles at that time, and my dad used to take me, I think on a weekly basis, to an um, all-male swim at the YMCA back in the days when that was mandatory nudity. And yeah. I loved it. I just loved being in that pool area and that sensation of I'm nude and I don't have to hide it and the water feels so good all over my body. And all those lives are gray. We moved to New York, um, the suburbs of New York, and when I was about 13, 14, I began sleeping nude and um, having to be a little bit secretive about it or at least feeling that I had to I'm not sure why um, and um, when uh, when nobody was home both my siblings were older and in high school and out a lot and my parents if they were out I would walk through the house naked just for the sense of doing that and we had a very nice private backyard and I would love to go out there at, at night I could only do it after dark well Partly that was when nobody was home, I think. But, um, you know, I just loved lying in the grass and climbing a tree and just feeling the air all over my body, that uninterrupted flow of um, just feeling my skin as one big thing responding to the, the sensations that were happening. So I, um, I just loved that. And so that was about when I was, as I said, 13, 14. Um, when I was 16, um, it was the summer of love. And um, so the beginning of the hippie movement, the flower children, and also 
um, Woodstock. And I didn't go to Woodstock, although my sister did. I was a little too young. But then those images started flowing in of people playing naked in the mud at Woodstock or just mm -hmm. in that whole hippie time, there would be, you know, magazine covers of nude hippies or there started being nudity in movies or yeah. prior, prior to that, you never heard anything about naked people. I mean, either it was either Playboy or sort of snickering stuff about nudist colonies. It was never just something that seemed more acceptable. And that you started seeing it everywhere. And I wanted to be one of those people. My very first job out of high school was ushering at an off-Broadway show called The Dirtiest Show in Town, which is a great title, and it wasn't mostly about sex or anything that that kind of, quote, dirty. It was really about pollution and societal ills. It was very, very successful because there was one extended nude scene involving the entire cast. Anyway, so I got this job ushering there, and I was just kind of it was a very informal kind of theater situation. So I was backstage all the time. I was down in the dressing rooms. I was around these people. We would socialize. They also tended to be people who um, we'd hang out together in their apartments. And very often there would be nudity. And um, that for me was just this breakthrough, just to see that this was going on. Um, at one point, months later, there was just a, a night when Three or four of the actors called in sick because they were there was a flu going around or something. And the stage manager came to me and said, do you want to try to fill in one of these roles? We don't have enough understudies. I went out and I did this thing and I was very focused on, am I standing in the right place? Am I going to miss a line? But it was amazing to be in this sold out theater, on stage, nude, doing this thing that I had been watching and envying for a very long time. And that was a mixed thing. I mean, part of me was about the, the the performing. I really did want to be an actor. It's not I didn't only want to take my clothes off. So this was a double thing. And I was so excited about, I'm in a show, I'm doing this, that at that point I told everyone. So, um, and they would say, oh gosh, how, that, that nude scene, how can you do that? And, I, and at that point I said, look, I, I kind of came out as a person to whom nudity was important and, um, and that I wanted to do it. That summer, that first summer out of high school, um, I was, you know, again, testing the waters of nudity with this cast of this show. And um, when we were in the East Village, and when the school year came around, I went over to NYU, which was right there, and also Cooper Union, which is another college with a big art department. And I just, you know, walked in and said, who hires the models for your art classes? And I, and I, I got booked. The first times that I modeled, it was really a challenge because I had gotten nude at a few of these little cast gatherings, 
But if I was uncomfortable, I could kind of, you know, stay off to the side or put my clothes on. Um, this modeling thing was a commitment. You're there for three hours. It's the job, as I said before, it's the requirement. And, um, and it's also not, I mean, like if you're at a nude beach, maybe nobody's even looking at you. But if you're modeling nude and they're scrutinizing you, that's what you're there for is to be looked at. And I remember it being very hard. I remember my heart racing. I remember feeling, you know, my head kind of buzzing. And um, I couldn't be in the situation for a while. I was kind of really trying to just put myself thinking of other things, trying to think of a monologue I was trying to memorize or um, listening to the music really carefully if the instructor was playing music. Um, but then I kind of, after several sessions, I kind of eased into it. And it was, I found it really wonderful to be able to um, sit there and these people were looking, I'm in the middle of a circle and they're looking at me and I'm looking back at them. And the teacher is mentioning specifics of my body that I wasn't maybe even aware of, like, yeah, he's kind of bow-legged or, um, you know, he's very long-waisted. And I would hear that at first as a criticism. And then I was, well, it's true. It's just the facts of my body. And it really helped me come to terms with that and that kind of self-acceptance with nudity is something that's ongoing for me as I age and so forth. So that was really valuable, very freeing and very um, a very helpful process for me. Because um, if you just sort of take off your clothes and look at yourself in the mirror and, you know, it, you can go, God, when did that happen? But, um, <laughs> but I'm constantly addressing it. And, um, yeah. and I find it, I find it helpful. in my first apartment when I moved into Manhattan. It was the first time that I had my own space. It was essentially a studio with a little extra area, but um, I could be nude in it as much as I wanted. And that was really, 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 really wonderful for me. I loved it. The building was a, a, a hollow square with um, apartments on four sides, essentially, and a garden in the middle. And um, everyone that walked in said, this is like Hitchcock's rear window. I mean, you, you are just looking into everybody else's windows. I had a lot of hanging plants in the window. Um, it was it was. 1970, and um, sure. I, had, <laughs> I had all these hanging spider plants and philodendrons, and I felt that they were enough coverage, and also I didn't really care who saw me nude, so um, I just, I wasn't able to raise and lower the blinds with those plants there, and so I just didn't worry about it. After I had lived there for probably 10 years, at one point I was in the mailroom, and a woman comes to me and she says, oh, do you have a red lampshade? And I said, <laughs> yes, I do. And she said, I do. You, I don't, I, this is awkward. I, do you know that like everybody can see you naked all the time? <laughs> and I <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, well, uh, I hadn't really worried about it, but is it a problem? And she said, if it's not a problem for you, it's not a problem for me. And, and, um, <laughs> being a good neighbor, she's trying to let you know, not, uh, not complain. Yeah. 
yeah, but then I also don't know what everybody else was thinking. But um, again, it's not my business what they're thinking. I began going out to uh, my first nude beach, which was Jacob Reese Park Beach in Queens. You could get there by public transportation from Manhattan, but it was an ordeal. I mean, you'd go to the end of the line, get out in Flatbush in Brooklyn, and then take a interminable bus to the beach. Um, but yeah. it was not. It was. It was a legally clothing optional beach, and. Um, it was incredible to me to be able to go and spend full days out in the sunshine, in the water, walking from my towel down to the surf, going into the surf, not worrying about somebody getting caught. So all of this was happening at once. The dirtiest show in town, my apartment, this beach, and... Um, so I was, and then very shortly, <laughs> you know, literally weeks later, modeling. Um, so... I had a pretty heavy, heady rush of nudity right in that first, um, you know, those first six months out of high school. Um, wow. So in a lot of different formats or, or contexts or however you want to say that. Um, sure. But all of those sort of being the, the bigger picture that that nudity was something that was meaningful to you and something that you found yourself practicing. Absolutely. I found myself seeking it out. Where do you think that it went from you being someone to whom nudity was um, important to considering yourself a nudist? Or do you consider yourself a nudist? I definitely consider myself a nudist, and I prefer that word personally to naturist. I understand that in Europe, it comes from a different sort of root and a different origin, and, and mm -hmm. it's much more um, organic in my mind. In Europe, but in American English, um, I find that it's a little bit of uh, beating around the bush. That you know, it's like I'm a naturist. What, what is that? People, I, I've I've told people I'm a naturist, and they go, "Oh, what what are your favorite birds?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, even when it is understood correctly, I feel that it does sort of connote. I'm communing with nature. I'm part of the world. This is my body. And I do feel that. And I, and I know that for many people, that's an accurate description of their philosophy and their activities. But I was living in New York City, and now I live in San Francisco. And um, I love being nude in nature. I love being nude at the beach or in a field or in the woods. But that's not most of my reality. And um, for me, nudist is definitely much more to the point. I think that, that, that I probably first started using the word nudist when I wanted to spend more time recreationally nude, and I would, um, I, I remember seeing ads or something for um, a couple of nudist resorts, um, or camps as I think they were called, in New Jersey. and. I would call and ask if I, you know, how about it? And it turned out that 
as a single male, I wasn't welcome. And I will also say that、um, even when I wasn't single, I was a single male because I'm gay. <laughs> so in the in that world, I was a single、yeah. male and and an undesirable. And、um, so I felt very excluded. I, I wanted to go experience that, but it was not an option for me. So I felt that I.、Wow. Had to sort of blaze my own trail and create my own way to be a naked person. If I was going to be over at the home of friends, whether it was with one friend or a group of people, I I don't even remember how I broached it. But I there were a number of times when I I would be I'd be nude, would be sitting watching TV, smoking a joint, and they would all be clothed, and I would be nude. <laughs> I think people found it quirky and kind of charming, and I was, you know, I, I'll go ahead and say it—I was pretty, and、um, and I think people really liked it. I'd like I'd be invited to a Halloween party, and I would say, "How naked can I come to this? Like, would a fig leaf be okay?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> and 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 you know, sometimes they would say, "No, my mom's going to be there," or other times they would say. <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. I can't remember or recreate when I said I'm a nudist, but I, even before I began practicing it, other than in my parents' backyard, I knew I wanted to be naked a lot, and I didn't want to be stuck in my bedroom doing it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because、um, when you think of it as a movement, you, you think of I think most people probably think of camps and resorts first. And、um, and there there always was a sort of gatekeeper quality, and that single men policy, you know, existed since the beginning. And I think in many ways, and and you maybe have a little more perspective about this, but it is sort of a euphemism for no gay people, or at least it it was. But some of those some of those policies still exist in certain resorts.、Um, you know, did you feel just unwelcome, or was that something that you tried and were turned away from? I did feel unwelcome、work? as far as the gay thing goes, but I also I'm going to be more generous than that. And I said I don't think that I think that to some extent it is to exclude gay people, but I do think that the perception and you know it was that you know young single straight men would go and bother the young women. Sure. And so I don't think that it was you know I'm not going to chalk it all up to that. I'm not going right. to be quite that. Paranoid about it, but my reality was certainly, for whatever reason, I was literally unwelcome. I mean, there was no hidden thing about it. It's like, no, you can't come <laughs> unless you find a girl、yeah. to bring. You so, so you would limit, you know, your nude activity to beaches, to performances, to friends' houses, and, and stuff like that. When when did it become a more Public thing for you, and I'm I'm guessing I don't want to lead you here, but <laughs> this may have something to do with moving to San Francisco. It did. I had always heard that San Francisco and the Bay Area had kind of a、um, that you know that was pretty lenient around nudity. I'd see a lot of photos of people. Skinny dipping up at the Russian River, and there was a place called Waller Bridge where there was quite a lot of. Hippy dippy, skinny dipping, and and I, I saw lots of pictures of that. It just seemed to me like, wow, you can do that. Well, I got here, and it turns out that by and large, you really couldn't do that. I mean, there were nude beaches, but、um, not a lot else. I joined a 
club called GMN, which stood for Gay Male Nudists, and um, didn't stick with them for very long because, to be honest, it had much more of a sexual edge than I wanted. Men from GMN who agreed with me that they didn't really want the the sexual thing, they just wanted nudism, um, formed a new club called The Skins, which is kind of a tortured San Francisco kindred nature nudists or something. And I mean, don't ask me how that makes skins, but um, it was a somewhat of a failed club. Most of our meetings consisted of trying to come up with bylaws and, and we did very Sounds little. Familiar. So, um, so that was a drag, but um, one of the people in this club in skins his name was Derry Calvi, and I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying that. He had done some research into the legal codes or whatever they are about public nudity in San Francisco, and he came up with the fact that there was absolutely nothing saying that, that public nudity was illegal if it was not lewd, um, you know, like non-sexual, blah, blah, blah. There, there was, it just wasn't forbidden. It wasn't mention. There's a, an annual event in, in San Francisco called the Beta Breakers Race. Um, it's seven miles across the city from San Francisco Bay to the breakers at the Pacific Ocean. And um, it began as a pretty serious race. And there are serious runners who come from as far away as Nigeria and you know, run it in no time flat. But it's also become this big party. A lot of people walk it. A lot of people wear crazy costumes for it. A lot of people uh, do group costumes so that they are a loaf of bread and each one is a slice and they keep forming the, you know, or they're a Smurf village or whatever they are. Um, there's always a, a school of salmon swimming the swimming upstream against the direction the race is supposed to be going. Um, so, so this guy, Derry, said, why don't, some of us do this naked because it's not illegal. And it's that's a place where it would fit. And um, I, to my shame, to my regret, um, wasn't ballsy enough to do it that first year. But they did do it with no trouble. So the second year, I decided to join them. And um, I don't know... I don't think that that would not have been my very first time public, you know, like nude in the streets of San Francisco, but everything else had been very guerrilla, like running around the corner to a friend's house or um, quickly doing something for a photo. But this was, you know, walking, walking through the city naked with the streets lined with spectators and with lots of photographers and, um, it was an amazing feeling. This race at that time was sponsored by one of San Francisco's newspapers. And the, that newspaper would always run a, a big feature in their kind of magazine-y section about the Beta Breakers. And the week after the, the Sunday after the race, they showed photos, they had a whole section of photos of the race. One of them was, I think, four of us just standing on a street corner talking nude. All of us were wearing these sort of neon green baseball caps to help us stick together. And the other three were turned so that you actually saw their penises. And I 
through no planning on my part, with turns so that you saw my face and my ass. Um, <laughs> and um, so that came out, and my phone started ringing. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, in a way, it was kind of great. I, I had my work out here was different. I, I did do some acting out here, but I, be, I became much more involved in the antiques field. The, my phone rings and it's this lady who is kind of a client and I'm thinking kind of conservative. And she just says, nice hat. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, that was kind of a huge letting go of like, okay, it's out there. It's, you know, it's, it is what it is. Let the chips fall where they may. And apparently they're not going to fall in too terrible a way. It went way beyond us. Then the nudity of Beta Breakers took on a life of its own. And, it, you know, it just became a, a legendary part of the race. And people were coming from around the world to be able to participate in that. And it was not just men and it was not just gay. Um, so that became kind of a wonderful thing. When I meet people, very early on, I tend to say that I'm a nudist. Very often I'll wear a t-shirt that says, happy or naked, or I'd rather be naked, or born naked, or life is short, play naked. And um, and people comment on them, and or they'll go, oh, a funny shirt, and I'll go, well... <laughs> and um, I, f I find that really, really helpful as an icebreaker. I mean, I have bumper stickers on my car, new driver. It opens the topic, and I'm then able to say this is who I am. And people either go, oh, I would not be comfortable with that. Or they go, oh, okay, cool. And in which case, then I'm able to say, would you be comfortable if we were socializing and I were nude? And more often than not, I have found they say, yeah, I think so. Wow. I just put it out there at the beginning of a friendship. I find that if I wait till I am well into a friendship and we know each other pretty well, and we haven't been nude around each other, that then at that point, it becomes very awkward to suddenly introduce it. So so many, I think so many nudist, quote unquote, uh, people, their experience with social nudity is in an environment where everyone around them is a nudist or is nude. And so there's a sort of unspoken consent there. You know, you, you go in through it, the gates and you sign on to the fact that you're, you know, going to be around nude people and they're going to be around you. Right. But in um, a, a lot of the scenarios that, that you've described, it's not quite like that. You're, no. in a, you're at a party and, um, and you know, it sounds like you're, you're always seeking the consent of the people around you, which I would say is good. But, um, but it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, like uh, your experience by and large has been one of general approval. Is that accurate? Would you say? Um, for the most part, I have certainly had some negative responses, which I'm willing to talk about. If I'm going to get naked at a party or something, I definitely clear it first with the host or hosts. Um, sometimes I'll talk about it before the party. Sometimes they'll just tell me before I ask this one, maybe not. <laughs> and other times they'll say, you know, Hey, go for it. So yeah, we have wonderful next door neighbors who are moving in a week and um, we've lived next door to them for 22 years or something. And we have camped together at Burning Man, which 
you know, for me, again, that's a very naked experience. Mm -hmm. They are completely cool with it. We live in homes in a house that is a row house. There are walls in common on both sides. After we'd lived here a year, house on one side went up for sale. And I hung up all these signs on the rails that say clothing optional beyond this point, nudist zone, so that anybody who came and looked at that house was going to see those signs and at least have a you know have it in their head and um, and then the other house went up for sale a year or so later and I moved all the signs over to the other side and and right now because <laughs> because that house is going to be going up for sale um, I've moved them back to the first side. Oh, brilliant. I also have been at parties where people have left because of me <laughs> or uh, you know so I don't want to make it sound like it's all roses. Have you ever been arrested for for being nude? I've been public? stopped. Um, one, well, way back in New York, way back in the streaking days, we're back to 1974. Um, I was, it was a really, really, really hot, stifling Manhattan summer night, muggy. And I was with some friends in their apartment. And we were like, let's go out for a walk. We ended up in Riverside Park and we ended up taking our clothes off and just running around. Cops started chasing us. Um, one guy was caught, and I went back. I mean, I was like, I'm not going to leave this guy hanging. So I went back. The cop was like, what, what are you doing? Looking for, looking for a little pork? I didn't even know what that oh, meant. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that he meant something sexual. And, <laughs> but, but anyway, we... We talked our way out of it, and he let us go and said, you know, don't do it again. But I've also had the experience of I was out walking around naked with a friend, and a woman with a girl about maybe eight or nine years old um, came over and said, may we ask you some questions? And we said, yeah. And the woman said, my daughter wants to know why you're naked. And I had the opportunity to say, I really believe that there is nothing wrong with the human body and it's nothing to be ashamed of and it happens to be legal in San Francisco and I'm not embarrassed. If somebody is more comfortable being dressed, that's fine, but I'm more comfortable being nude and um, I just don't think there's anything wrong with it. If you're human, you've got a human body. It's this basic universal thing. I said to the little girl, I mean, other than the fact that we're naked in public, is there anything about our appearances that is surprising to you? And she was like, no. And, um, and, and she totally got it. And the mom smiled and said, thanks. And that was that. So, um, so that was a real wow. good one. Yeah, that's wonderful. To be nude is to be... That's the passive thing. If people say to me, oh, you're growing a beard. I say, well, no, I'm not shaving. You know, being nude is like, I didn't, <laughs> yeah. put, I didn't put on clothes. Um, and again, there are very few surprises. That nine-year-old wasn't surprised um, by anything specific about our bodies. Um, it's just this weird taboo. That and, and for something that is universal and that everybody actually, you know, it's like it's like the world's worst kept secret that what people look like naked. 
to see other people who are nude, especially if they don't have model perfect bodies, it, I think it's really, really helpful. And I think it's very helpful when people who have mastectomy scars or colostomy bags or any kind of scar, amputees, for those people to allow their bodies to be seen and for others to see them and go, this is the human condition. I just find it important and incredibly yeah. freeing for both parties. Yeah, I mean, it's arguably it's like the, there's this whole social taboo around it. And all that taboo really is, is the the unnormalization of it. You know, it's like uh, if, if it weren't for the fact that we all go around with clothes all the time. <laughs> it, yeah. it would be very odd to see someone in clothes, you know? So it, it, it's only taboo because it, it has been denormalized. Uh, you know, when I was a little boy, I was I saw so many mainstream images of skinny dipping. The, the boys in the Little Lulu comics would go skinny dipping mm -hmm. and the girls would steal their clothes and blah, blah, blah. You know, but um, the opening shot of Walt Disney's Pollyanna with Haley Mills, the opening shot mm -hmm. is of a boy from the back on a rope swing, swinging naked into a river. Um, mm -hmm. And um, books like Tom Sawyer, you know, there are Norman Rockwell magazine covers with boys skinny dipping. I grew up with those images and that was, you know, again, the age when my dad was taking me to the Y and all that. But that has gone further and further away from the norm. You know, it's, it's very sad to me. San Francisco kind of had these special events like Beta Breakers or certain street fairs. Um, where you could be nude um, if the person who had the permit for the event or street fair didn't forbid it. So there were certain things like the Gay Pride Festival or Beta Breakers or a couple, a couple of particular street fairs that were sort of known as high holy days when you could go to these things naked. Um, but by and large, nobody was yeah. walking around naked. And then... Um, I don't know how it happened, but in around 2008 or 2009, suddenly just this little shift happened and mostly men, not entirely, but I will say mostly men and mostly older men, um, <clears throat> began hanging around down in the Castro, which is the primarily gay neighborhood. Um, there's a little parklet or plaza um, with little public seating and stuff. And people would hang there and read and have coffee. And suddenly there was a lot of nudity there. And there was, and a lot of it was just people doing what they would be doing if they were clothed. Then there would be the people who would do laps up and down the block, you know, like just back and forth, back and forth to be seen by as many as they could. Um, and a few who even would like sort of step out into traffic with their hands over their head, you know, kind of a little show offy and, and a little in my book, a little icky. Sure. But anyway, so, so that, that kind of went on for a number of years and it was great to be, I mean, at that time you, it was concentrated there, but you could be naked anywhere in the city except for in the parks, which interestingly is a different jurisdiction. 
if you wanted to brave it, you could be you could be nude. And there were times when I took good long walks and went and did errands, and I would bring a pair of shorts to put on before going into a store because the store doesn't have to let you come in nude. Um, and it was a real kind of wonderful time. And again, occasional people saying, put your clothes on and eh, it's the wrong people and all that. But nevertheless, <laughs> I, I, I have a thick skin and I was, it was this kind of, um, these golden days of, of public nudity in San Francisco. And then in 2012, a fairly minor politician um, named Scott Weiner decided that that the nudity was getting to be too much and that people weren't comfortable with it. And he did this kind of, you know, he tried to get through the city council, these little incremental, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And some of it initially was common sense. Like if you're going to sit on a, a public seat, you have to have a barrier. You know, that was all fine. But then little by little, it got, you know, he just, he kept pushing it, making it more controversial and more controversial. There was all this publicity, all the local press was having a heyday with the public nudists and the, the legal battle. So all these photographers and news cameras suddenly congregated around this little plaza in the Castro trying to get pictures of people nude so that to run with their stories and also to interview people, I guess. But most people got camera shy about it at that point because they didn't really want to be potentially on the national news. I'd go down there and I'd just be walking through. This is where I go if I just need to go buy scotch tape. I mean, that's where I'd go. And... Um, I'd be walking through saying, God, no naked people, but there's all these cameramen waiting around. And um, so at one point I said, screw this. I went and I bought a drink, a canned drink, and um, I just went into the plaza and took off my clothes. And those cameras were on me like flies. And, um, and, I, you know, I, I decided I was just going to make that statement that I'm that I'm standing up with and putting my money where my mouth is, and um, that was a really interesting one because that photo was in a lot of papers and on a lot of news hours. Ironically, the same paper that had run that used to sponsor the Beta Breakers and that had run that picture of us, they opted to put this picture on their cover. Um, and it, with a headline that says, Wiener says enough to nudists running willy-nilly or something like that. Um, um, so, you know, Wiener and Willy, aren't they funny? And um, so it's this big color picture of me on the front page of the paper with that headline. And um, I heard about it again. I mean, much more from everyone. My husband went, had a dental appointment and went down, and I, we go to the same dentist, so they, they know that, you know, they know the connection. And, um, he, he checked in and the receptionist said, we're seeing a lot of Andy lately. <laughs> um, and it was just everywhere. And every time there was a new development in the legal status of the stuff, they would rerun that picture. It became the picture. And, um, wow. and then it became part of a meme. At that time, we didn't have um, the 
Proud Boys and all this stuff, but we had the tea party. We had the beginning of that iceberg. And, mm-hmm. um, and I got turned into a tea party meme. My sister actually spotted that somewhere and sent it to me and said, congratulations, you've gotten under their skin. Since the nudity ban has gone into effect, the current thing is if you are nude, they're supposed to stop you and give you five minutes to put your clothes on or something. So mm-hmm. we had some friends from out of town. It was Christmas time. We walked down to um, a shopping street where there's a giant Christmas tree. My husband took pictures of me and our friends in front of the tree, and I was nude. And for most of them, I had my hands in front of my crotch so the pictures could go on Facebook. And then I did one where I moved my hands just to have a, a naked picture. And um, a policeman who had been watching from across the street, and I hadn't seen him, came zooming across the street. And I was like, well, I had my eyes covered up. He said, not all the time. He shook his finger at me and said, I have video. And I said, fine. And um, and that was that. So that's, the, that's about the worst thing that's ever happened legally. I was doing some film extra work. So I'm registered with the local casting agencies and they know me and, you know, know I'm this reliable guy who's been in the union since 1976. And they think of me as that. They were casting a scene where it was a, a crowded street scene and they needed a couple of nude people because it was San Francisco. And um, I was already booked to work as just one of the clothed people. I called them back and I said, you know, I'm already booked to work, but um, can I submit for the nude thing? And they were like, are you sure? <laughs> because I am because I was a professional. They see me as a professional and they were thinking that for this, they would get, you know, others. Um, and um, so... Uh, I said, yes, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> it turned out to be, you know, a 13-hour day of being nude out on the sidewalk. <laughs> and um, it was lots of fun. I had a very, very, very good time. Did you make it in the final cut, do you know? I did. A cup, I'm in a couple of shots, but there are shots that show me from the shoulders up and there are shots that show me from the shoulders down. So there's no time when anybody can look at it and say there's Andy naked perhaps your husband accepting well and a lot of my friends but um, yeah. and, a, and a lot of passers-by sure, and half of San Francisco <laughs> exactly I mean that's another thing is that <laughs> is that you know we have I've reached this thing now where um you know we were going to uh, to see a show a musical and we give the usher our tickets and we're, he's walking us down the aisle with his, and, say, and he says, I almost didn't recognize you with your clothes on. And I get that all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I will be, you know, I'll be in a restaurant and somebody will come over and say, um, you've modeled for an art class I was in. Or I was walking our dog around the block. So there's a house with front steps and a bunch of people who are, you know, 20, 22 years old. And um, one of them says, hey, you model for the art classes at the art at the art institute, and the young woman whose house it apparently was, or whose parents' house it apparently was, says, "Stop! Stop! That's my neighbor." Like <laughs> my my neighbor, just the same reaction as the casting people. Like like Andy, you you are a professional. You wouldn't want to do this nude thing. Or that's my neighbor. He's not he's not a nude model. 
it's, I mean, it's very, so I said, but yeah, that's me. You know, it's, like, it's, 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 that's a weird one. I take some pride in being known as one of the San Francisco naked guys. I, 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 it's a, for me, it's a bit of a badge of honor because it's, um, I used to hope not to get caught and not to get, um, I, you know, identified out of that context. And now I'm at a place in my life where I'm, this is something that I really believe is a positive and that I feel like an activist as opposed to somebody who's doing something furtively. I don't think that I'm that I've done enough that I'm going to be some legendary, you know, person in the in the annals of of nudism. But I would like my contribution to be that I was unashamed and put my money where my mouth is and used my real name. Yeah, I'm 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 good with it. I'm I'm I am a proud naked person. I love that. And, and, uh, clearly I think that, um, pride and that lack of shame has paid dividends in the sense that acceptance begets more acceptance. You know, the more you put yourself out there, the more people understand you for who you are, the less people are inclined to, uh, you know, butt up against it. It seems like. I hope people haven't forgotten about Andrew Martinez, who was known as the naked guy in Berkeley. And this was in 93. He was a student at uh, UC Berkeley. Um, and he began going to classes naked and walking around the city naked and, you know, discovered that, that as we had done, that, there, that it wasn't illegal or forbidden and it became really controversial and he got tons and tons and tons of publicity and um good and bad and for me he was a hero and an icon needless to say and it didn't hurt his cause probably that he was very 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 handsome and very tall and tarzan physique so um you know he there was this naked godlike person walking around um and he and he and he really was this breakthrough person i mean really going to his university classes and the nude and stuff and um so ultimately as in san francisco that led to changes in the laws in berkeley and um now nudity there is not legal Adam called me to ask me if I would do this um, art piece, the model citizen thing, uh, on Earth Day. And I said yes at this time. So I went, and Andrew Martinez was there. It's the only time I met him. I got a photo with him. Um, Really one of my heroes. And um, sadly, he uh, later, he, he died young. He was really, really one of my heroes. And I've had other heroes of nudity, 
a guy named Jerome Jolibois, who lives in Brussels, who organizes the World Naked Bike Ride there, and who is a politician there. He's elected to city to a city, a city council office as a member of the Green Party, and he is a public nudist. He goes to discos and gets nude. He is just openly a nudist. So at one point, again, this is when social media working well, I uh, emailed him and said, you know, my husband and I are coming to Brussels. We're just going to be there one night. And um, we'd love to see you if we can, you know, have a meal together. And where would you recommend we should stay? And he wrote back and said, we, we, he didn't know us. I had met him for 10 minutes at a World Naked Bike Ride in Bright, Brighton, England. Um, he said, of course, you'll stay with me. And um, so we went, we stayed at his home, which was wonderful. And I, you know, that night we became friends. But he had lined up this whole naked program for me. He took us to a restaurant, an Italian restaurant, where he was friends with the chef and where we had permission to dine nude. Um, and and then we went to a a disco where he, um, had the doorman call the owner who was a friend and the owner okayed that we could check our clothes and dance nude. And, um, so anyway, he, he was one of my naked heroes and I have others. Very recently, I have had a couple of people kind of come to me and say, you know, through my online presence and so forth, that I am in that slot for them. And it almost makes me want to cry. I mean, uh, you know, these people that I put, that I would see from afar and think, I wish I could do that. Um, And now I'm doing it and it's having its effect on others. Um, It's being seen by others who are appreciating it and admiring it and being emboldened and empowered and enabled by it, I feel very good about that. Well, I'm going to agree with that and say that I think you're one of my naked heroes. (laughs) Thank you, Evan. I respect the way you've um, made it such an important part of your life and and live it so proudly. I think it's it's just wonderful. Oh, thank you. I I just got (laughs) chills. It might be the San Francisco weather and sitting here naked, but who knows? <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, well, I, I want to thank you graciously for uh, agreeing to talk to me and, and sharing this with me. It's been a pleasure. I thank you so much. This episode included music sourced from the free music archive under a creative commons license. Please see the show notes for detailed credits. If you enjoyed this episode of Naked Age, please subscribe. Send us a message, listen to past episodes, or read the behind-the-scenes blog at nakedage.co. Thanks for listening.